0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 16. We are still in season one of the all-new Wired Nerdy podcast. My name is Keith. Doug, how is the week going for you? And are you ready for this number 16 episode?
1: Yeah, the week's going good. Uh, We've got some good weather. Finally got some rain. Uh, 16 episodes. We're doing great, having really good discussions. We had a really good conversation about uh, Disney World last week. And uh, I've got some follow-up stuff. I had some of our viewers and uh, listeners uh, give me some information that they worked, so I'd like to share that with everybody. Yeah, that'll be awesome. We will pick that up probably after our nerd news. We had an yeah. awesome conversation
0: last week with Leah, who gave us a insider's perspective on what it's like currently to work at Disney World. Cast members. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It's com- cool information. It was. It was a lot of fun. And it's good to see her too. You know, living halfway <laughs> around the, yeah. the US. It's kind of nice to catch up as a dad. It was really kind of cool too. So uh, I appreciate her taking the time out to do it. And so I look forward to you rounding us out with some other perspectives of people that have formerly worked there as well. But today is going to be news heavy uh, because we did not cover the dirt news last week. Uh, but this is big because we're pretty much going to double up on nerd news because we're going to be making up for last week, but then some stuff happened this week as well. Uh, and then we'll, we'll dive into, uh, the recap, a uh, follow up that you have about the Disney stuff, uh, yeah. before we close things out. So are you ready to tackle the, the nerd news, my friend?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Like I said, uh, we, uh, didn't give the nerd news gift to our listeners, and we're doubling down today. So we're
0: doubling down as we Christmas try twice. We're gonna make it up. Yes. So here we go. Let's let's queue it up. Nerd news time. Nerd news. All right. So as you all can imagine, we alluded to it, the big event, which there was a lot of things that came out of it. Was the Google I.O. keynote, Doug, yeah. you were counting down the days to this because you are a huge Google fan, you're a oh, big yeah. Android guy. How overall, we'll get into what was announced, like the big highlights of it, but how'd you feel about the conference? I know you even like took time off to like watch it. You were live. I didn't pick it up yes. till later because I was working. But what what were your thoughts on it? How did Google do with this this keynote?
1: It was really good. Uh and and we've talked before, ever since that first Apple keynote that I watched. I've kind of watched tech releases, whether it's video games, movies, technology, just the way they uh, give information and keep your attention in the crowds good. They're entertaining. They are. I mean, they really are. Yeah. And uh, the Google, you know, I'm looking for a new Google phone. I've had mine about two years or so. And in technology terms, two years probably is almost a dinosaur, which is sad to say. (laughs) But uh, it's time for an upgrade. So I was looking at this Pixel Fold. And kind of watching all the AI along with it that we'll talk about. Yes. Yes, we will.
0: So let's start with the fold. There's a lot of stuff to get into, but let's start with the fold because that has been something that we've kind of hit on before. We showed some footage last time about it. Uh, They officially showed that you can do pre-orders starting May 10th. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it looks very unique. Uh, I have some thoughts. (laughs) I'm going to let you go first because this is is the one you've been eyeing. You're a prospective customer of wanting to pick this bad boy up. What were your general thoughts about? We now have specs, like not leaked specs, but they actually talked about specs. They did live demos. They did, you know, they actually had somebody on the stage do stuff. What's your thought on what you saw in the fold? Are you still in for it, or where are you at with this?
1: Well, I mean, first off, the uh, it looks great. It looks very premium as you unfold it. Uh, I mean, you can see kind of a crease, but I think that's kind of the standard that there's got to be some kind of. display tear not a tear but some kind of thing in the middle to because you know you're folding it in half yeah but uh otherwise it looks really premium and then you get into the specs the specs look really good it's uh so far the thinnest uh mm-hmm. so that's really good on google's part the uh set, the tensor 2 chip that was really good yep but they didn't talk the about pro- battery life did they i don't think uh, they did no i don't think they did but then, at the very end, they're like, "Get it for the very low price of seventeen ninety nine. and I Thank thought seventeen ninety nine. So I've never had a foldable phone, so I don't even know if I want a foldable phone. That's a good point. But then uh, seventeen ninety nine, I'm like, no, I, just to go out and discover what a foldable phone is about. Seventeen ninety nine is not where it's at for me.
0: <laughs> well, and I looked it up because they didn't. There's analysis because they they haven't done testing yet, but it does point out that the Pixel Fold has a 4821 milliamp battery on board. It says that that means that it's Google's first foldable phone and it has a bigger battery cell in it than the one that was in the Galaxy Z Fold seven. That's a Samsung product. That's the only other foldable, which is also eighteen hundred dollars. By the way, I want to point that out. That yeah. th- it's like they're setting that in the market, so it's not like you can go get a better deal. Uh, it says just for comparison, uh, the flagship foldable comes with a four thousand four hundred milliamp battery. So you could almost probably do comparative, and they they talk about you know the charging, but it's all speculation until they get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. to me, that is an important factor in, in battery because I'm, you and I've talked about this before love Android. yes. I, I, the OS is not as efficient as iOS and, and rightfully so because it has to operate on different hardware. Androids just notoriously don't do as well on battery life. And I think this is an area of opportunity where there could really be a lot of improvement, but it's not just hardware. it's You can put a bit of bigger battery in it, right? But you also got to be able to tweak the software, the OS. So I, I'm curious about that because keep in mind, you're now having to power a much larger display, especially when it's in like a portrait mode. Now I loved what they did. They did some really cool things, which I kind of saw done with the Microsoft surface duo. Now keep in mind, the duo had two folding screens. They were not foldable. They weren't one continuous screen. So there was a bezel in the middle where I loved it. Did you see the, the YouTube videos because they own YouTube, you're watching YouTube video. You set it in an upright position and the video automatically plays on the top. And on the bottom, you have your, your controls, And then if you turn it sideways, it goes full. That was so cool. I love how they're integrating the two screens, but now you're driving a much larger real estate. I would tend to think that's going to draw your battery down. It's probably why they put a little bit of
1: a larger battery in it
0: uh, than with their competitors,
1: Uh, but $1,800 is steep. (laughs) Yeah, I agree completely. The uh, dual screen uh, capabilities, especially for like gaming, because you look at, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Nintendo... DS. DS, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So you have that top screen, bottom screen. Mm-hmm. They could probably do something with the Android gaming with that as well. You know what? That
0: brings up a really good point because there are really good emulation options on Android. Yeah. Specifically, uh, DS games. There's a really good option for emulating Nintendo DS games on it. And if you had that that's that you could really take advantage of that two screen thing. That's actually a really good point. I hadn't even thought of retro okay, gaming really on that cool. bad boy. It's hmm, a good point.
1: So yeah, to kind of close the pixel part of the uh, keynote out, it's just a little too pricey for me at the moment. And I've never had a foldable before, so I don't even know if I want one. So
0: yeah. And like you and I were talking uh, last week, I went out and I looked and Samsung is competing with this. Theirs is also 1800 bucks. However, certain carriers, depending on your phone model, they were giving a credit of a thousand dollars for the yeah. Samsung. Now this wasn't for the pixel fold. Yeah. Um, Through your carrier that actually puts it in a much more palatable $800 yeah. mark. Right. I mean, I'd rather spend $800 than $1,800, yeah. you know, but I don't know. Think about the gaming machine. I said that to you before, like, Jeez, dude you could build one heck of a gaming oh, machine yeah. for $1,800 we're talking like with 4090 video cards probably uh if you skimped a little bit don't don't go full on i9 or, or even if you did the you know the amd uh although they're getting the bubbles in them so you gotta be careful with those just make sure you Uh-oh. update the bios remember from yeah. <laughs> from the piles. so yeah man the, the full it's impressive uh, my only other thought i will say is this and it's hard to tell underneath the lights and i i was able to see folding Display technology at CES. This was a couple years ago, pre-pandemic. My one critique about foldable screens, it's amazing what they can do. They, The color seems dull to me. And I had that same feeling when the dude was holding it on uh, the stage. Now keep in mind, the lights are bright. Uh, maybe it, technology, maybe I'll give it benefit, about. I want to see one in person. But my concern is it looked doled out to me. It didn't look vibrant. And I like vibrant, bright screens yeah. with high knit ratings yeah. and all that. It it didn't, it looked kind of washed out to me. To be fair, that could be the stage, could be the lights. You know, it's kind of hard to do real time. So I want to get my hands on one. Uh, like the demo that you know they'll have them in stores. And and I would love to see a screen in person. That would be my one critique that I was a little worried about when I saw it. But I love the features of how they're uh you know, integrating Android OS with that bigger screen and it's like having a tablet at that point. I love that because I love reading on my tablet. For example, having that, you don't have to have a second device. Pop that bad boy open. You can read. I love the concept and where it's going. It's just a little too steep in price. So
1: yeah. Well, and I think uh, we haven't had foldables that long—maybe a year, two, three years at the most. But open I in the think, market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they should hopefully come down as the technology. Uh, we've had this technology a well, while. So,
0: well, there's rumors about Apple getting in that game as well. Uh, one of the rumors, it was a couple of years ago, was that the Apple Watch was going to become a wrap around, nope. which would technically be a foldable screen. Yeah. Um, so that was a rumor. There's, there's, you know, obviously there's rumors that are really hot right now. We'll find out as we head into June about um, Apple getting involved in the VR game. Anytime you start to have multiple tech companies get in and competition, price goes down. Uh, typically I do think it's interesting. You have the only two players in the foldable space is Samsung and Google. And they're just like, yeah, let's agree. Let's just eight hundred, eighteen hundred $1,800. Let's just do it. <laughs> so there's, they're setting the market price. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if they don't sell, which they will at first, but if that starts to flatline, you, I, I will call it by the time they release, if if sales flatline outside of the initial push of early adopters, you'll don't see the drop price. It, start down. To go down. It, yeah. it always happens. It always happens. Yeah, So you'll see it. All right. What else from the keynote did you want to get into?
1: Uh, obviously, uh, we've talked a lot about AI and AI <clears throat> a is big this year at uh, Google. They're doing a lot of things behind the scenes. One of them I tried out today is that's AI called uh, Bard. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to, or it's a competition, I guess, to ChatGPT. And uh, I've messed with it a couple of times. I've asked it questions. So instead of Google searching, I've been going to Bard and it's been amazing so far. Yeah, and um I've played with both. I've played with the GPT
0: a little bit more only because uh Bing, Microsoft, being mm-hmm. integrated yeah. GPT into Bing and that kind of made it a little bit easier to access. Um Bard early on upon release got a lot of critiques because it didn't yeah. seem to be as well trained or as good at responding as GPT. However, these things learn so fast. Um it's gotten better. Um, the interesting thing is, and I just read this this morning, I don't have the article to cite just yet. People have noticed in the last two weeks, GPT, somebody is, uh, they put out on Twitter, they were questioning whether or not they quote lobotomized GPT, meaning they're noticing that the results on GPT are coming back way faster, but the answers are not as strong as they were. Oh. And they're wondering with a lot of the concern and pushback, especially from those in the industry that are uh, AI researchers concerned about where this is going. We don't understand how it works, that kind of thing. They're wondering if they're pulling the reins a little bit on GPT. Now, Google is full speed ahead, you know, with BARD. Um, I thought it was interesting is that they also announced that Google is going to integrate to compete with Bing. They're going to integrate an AI. Learning model now it's the Palm Two language model it's different than what Bard's using, but it'll be integrated into to the Google search and I went ahead and signed up for it they call it like uh, Search Labs, and I'm on the waitlist for it I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a run through we'll talk about it and I'll give you guys a review on it uh, but it's interesting what they're doing they're trying to be responsible in the fact that when they do a search uh, like right now with Bing it's just straight up GPT chat GTP and you get what you get like it 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 just spits out whatever it finds on the net what's really cool about google is they're going to cite sources so once this uh search labs comes back their ai on google it'll actually let you click verify and you can go out and you can cite the sources that it found and you can compare it to what was said that's pretty cool and that's a neat way to deal with the the misinformation concern
1: on that and uh, the that's a whole another podcast, but the misinformation right now on social media and in the news, Fox, CNN, mm-hmm. whatever your preferred brand is, that's what I worry about. So to have something that verifies, as long as the verification sources are accurate, true, would be really trustable.
0: Yep, yeah. it is. So yeah, but they're pushing it now. It was interesting that Google did mention um, the Palm Two language model, which will be integrated. Uh, into you know the google search they did mention updates to bard what's fascinating is the next version of android uh which what is that we up to 14 now
1: 14 i believe yeah Uh, yeah they used to have cool names or at Mm -hmm. least i thought they were cool they were like
0: food right oreo yeah uh, it was the alphabet like a b c d and then each one key line pie key line pie for uh, k yeah Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool
1: kind of cool it was cool
0: yeah yeah um uh, android or not android apple did that but they did it with uh nature things you know mac os max sierra uh el capitan now, did they
1: have tiger and stuff or... they did
0: they like in the early days of or like uh mac os 10 first oh, okay. launch they did a series of they had snow leopard lion mm-hmm. the, yeah and then they switched over to parks whenever they did the next revision of mac os and oh. it was like like i said el capitan um monterey they were all places in like california like national state parks kind of cool when they do that That's pretty cool. uh, but yeah. yeah this is just straight up android 11 but they are integrating ai into it and they demonstrated some of those ai tools did you see the the photo stuff you you have shown me on your yes. android what you can already do which i can't easily do with native iphone about like you've shown me how you can just remove people and yeah, things
1: it's called uh, magic eraser
0: yep well they're they're up in their game with ai did you yes. see that what were your uh, thoughts yeah. on that <laughs> Because it's already what they could do already is impressive, yeah. but now they're I, integrating
1: the AI piece. I thought it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you basically get a premium Adobe experience, Adobe Photoshop, into your phone for everyday mm-hmm. use. Yep. They showed the example of uh, it was like a kid on a
0: park bench. I'll see if I can find it and put yeah. it up. And it looked like the the kid wasn't centered in the frame, and he had balloons, and and, but they were cut it off. Over, yeah. They were cut off. They yeah. highlighted it, dragged it over, and the AI. Drew the balloons and the park bench yes and it looked real,
1: yeah it, it looked, looked re-
0: like it yeah. looked really good it looked really good now, after you showed me what you can do with Google uh, with your Android, I did yeah. download Google photos, and I have on my iPhone the same tools that you showed me for like the magic eraser oh, it awesome. didn't look as it didn't look as good oh. as on your phone, and i I don't know why. But when I tried it on some photos, it did it. It erased things, but there was, it was smudgy. It was really, really smudgy. Mm-hmm. Yours When you showed me on your your device, there was no smudgy, yeah. so it looked flawless.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if that's on a pixel phone you get a more premium magic eraser version or edition.
0: They're probably pulling their punches on competitor platforms, and plus you know, that tool's made for Android and things like mm-hmm. that. There's got to be a reason. there's got to be a reason. It's kind of like the depth of field, which is when it blurs the yeah. background, works really good on, a, on, a, on an iPhone because of all of the cameras, you know, that they have, you know, on the front there. You see all those cameras. Yeah. Uh, so it's doing some magic. And I've seen that same depth of field, though, try to work on like certain Androids and it doesn't work quite as well. So it's got to be something between the hardware and software is why it doesn't work well. So
1: Yeah, I'd say the best use of Magic Eraser my wife and I had is we cut out my mother-in-law and used it as a Christmas card. Oh, my gosh. Is she listening? So, she already knows. <laughs> okay. She's like, this photo looks familiar. I'm like, uh, mm. yeah, use Magic Racer. I cut she, you up. but Merry she, Christmas. There no, it go. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Well, it, it's a really cool feature. It it's is. neat to see. Uh, they I'm glad you brought up Adobe. Because uh, the next version of Adobe uh, Photoshop, their whole suite with AI, they're integrating a lot of the AI elements and it's a partnership between Google and them. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to see yeah. where photos and video go, especially when they're doing it and they're now integrating it into the OS for their mobile market.
1: It, it'll be big for content creators and oh, photographers yeah. and all kinds of stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. It'll be awesome. So anything else from the, the keynote that you want to pull out that before we move on?
1: Yeah, so you know, they talk about different phone models and and I wanted to jo- like see what you thought about the Android or excuse me, iPhone world, but Android has been coming out the last couple generations with an A model. Mm-hmm. So, the A model for those listening is kind of a lesser specs, but it's a lower price point to get you into uh the Android world, I guess. I love so it. So, my my That's question my to you, I guess, is <laughs> do we need the A models? Yeah. So I used to be an iPhone user, mm-hmm. shocker, I know. But they had the S and the SE models that yep. were kind uh, of lower. The SE specifically. Yeah, yeah, the SE specifically. I think yeah. I had the 4S or SE,
0: and it mm-hmm. was great.
1: Yeah. That's about the a long S, time ago.
0: The S used to, at one point, they, they got weird with their naming. The S was like Siri, so that you knew it was Siri enabled. And oh, then later okay. they did SE, which, you're right, is the lower model. Uh, they also have uh, minis now um uh, mm-hmm. iphone minis which is just smaller screen so okay. my take on it i love that they do this and the reason being is um it lowers the price entry point for people who can't really afford it
1: yeah
0: um it's also great if you have kids because if you're you know i've got four kids if you are going to give each teenager a cell phone it can get expensive really quickly oh, the definitely. se model really makes it easier and the mini on the, on the uh, iPhone side really helps. And I'm glad that they do the a for Android on this. I, I think it's wonderful. And yeah. also you drop that $1,800 phone and you're out of warranty or whatever. You could go get another phone. No, it's not another full f- uh, fold, but you could get another Android very cheap. And I don't know. I, it's nice to have options. So I'm glad they do it. That's, that's my yeah. personal take on it.
1: Yeah. I like it. Uh, the Having a kid's thing. That would definitely be beneficial. Me, I've always been kind of a, I need the best specs. Why? I have no idea. I'm sure I'm not using my phone to its full potential, but mm-hmm. I, the Pro model is what I've been getting. So the uh, 4XL, mm-hmm. when uh, the Pixel 4XL, that was kind of the Pro edition. Now I've got the 6 Pro, and I've already seen them release the uh, screens for the 8 Pro. So I'm skipping this fold, and I'm waiting till October. Hopefully get this 8 Pro.
0: So. Yeah, see, see, see what the specs are. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see how they're moving forward. They're integrating the AI. I think um, the last piece I do want to bring up about this whole keynote, which is interesting to me because there's this race going on. And one of the things that they mentioned was called Duet AI. Now, that's Google's new AI tools for their entire office suite that they have for Google Docs, Google Sheets, Slides, Meets, and Gmail. It says it includes, uh, and they did these really neat demos of features such as composing emails, generating uh, images from text and slides. Uh, The features are only available uh, to those on a wait list, which I'm also on a wait list for that, by the way. Uh, Microsoft's doing the same thing with Microsoft Office. They're doing the same thing with Word. So as somebody who lives in these products for work, you know, I think it's awesome. It's a huge time saver. It's great. I'm going to sound, oh man, I'm going to sound so old when I say this, but yeah. I worry about. Remember, when we were growing up, and everybody would uh, bitch and complain about spell check. Well, if you have spell check, you'll never learn how to spell. Uh, yeah. Or if you have a calculator, you'll never learn to do the math. Uh, I do worry that if we, <laughs> I starts composing our Google Docs for us, our emails for us, yeah. uh, it'll become less personal, and we will lose the art of writing or our own. There's something to be said about. Of course, I love writing, so to me, there's something about having your own narrative voice. I sound like such an old man. Part but I'm conflicted because I love the time I can save on being able to at least even to generate a base draft and then edit it yeah. uh, What are your thoughts on AI starting to make suggestions for you auto responding on emails? what are your thoughts on on this like are you excited about it like what's your take? I know you're in a different field than I am, but how do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, being in law enforcement, uh, the thing they tell you about law enforcement is uh, it's 100% fun. Well, no. It's about uh, 5% fun, 95% reports. Paperwork? <laughs> yes. Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. Yeah. If I so, tase this guy, it's going to be a lot of paperwork. Is that... <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I know there's hot topics in the police. I get We don't need to talk yes. about that. Yeah. But most cops are like, I'm not going to do this because it's going to cost me a ton of paperwork and a ton hmm. of court time.
0: I hadn't thought about that
1: saying that I'm going kind of backwards to, it would be nice to see police reports written, but then we have our own special jargon, our own special Mm -hmm. lingo that we have to put in there. Hmm. And I kind of got off track there, but no, no, it's a good point. uh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about how it could impact impact other
0: uh, career paths like that because you, you do have tons of paperwork. I have no doubt about that. And I think there's good and bad, you know, some people say, well, if the AI is writing the report, is it really the police officer's yes. perspective? But then uh, think of this time it could
1: save for law enforcement. Oh, I mean, yeah. it could be a game changer. And and you said it perfectly. Cause that's my thought is you are on trial. You are the officer. You did this thing. You did that thing. You arrested accountability. This person. You are testifying. So is the AI testifying for you? So that's from my point of view. So that's I look point. at uh, movie writers, TV mm-hmm. writers, uh, authors and stuff, the creativity could disappear. And I'm worried about that.
0: Well, and that's uh, right now. We're in the middle of the WGA strike, which is the Writers Guild of America. And their biggest holdout is they want negotiations and protections against AI. They're concerned about
1: studios using AI and them losing their jobs.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because
1: I love the creativity. I mean, you look back on the history of movies and TV and shows and comics the creativity coming out of people's minds is not AI based. It's based on their experiences and their passions and their love. So I don't want to see it go to AI. That's kind of my soapbox speech. Well, and that's the thing
0: is that um, we're not there yet in that a lot of people have tested the waters with making AI write poems, music, that sort of thing. However, however, it's uh, it's going to get there. It's going to be done very quickly. We already have, I know I've shared quite a few with you, um, the, the big thing right now, and I know it's a parlor trick, but it's still fascinating. They'll take an, uh, a musician who's dead, like Kurt Cobain yes. and yeah. they will, they have been very, very... yeah, they'll use his voice to sing a smashing pumpkin song. Or I, the other day I saw one Frank Sinatra, uh, doing, uh, you know, a rap song. I yeah. just, it, Freddie Mercury singing, you know, something more modern, like, you know, eye of the tiger. It's fascinating. Yeah
1: so that aspect of it i think it's cool because that is for entertainment purposes
0: it is but it's yeah. a part of the trick let's be honest it's, it's not yeah. a it's not a person it's no. not actually those people who demonstrate their talent or wrote the song yeah. show that creativity. it's a fine line but i think the wga sees where this could go because with training these things could get better at writing they could get yeah. better at creativity
1: and um well and if you can put in your thoughts like I'm a uh, writer a I'm writer B. So yep. here's my writer a thoughts and your AI is trained to write like you think. And like sure. your writing style, that would be cool.
0: Yep. And that could happen, but that's got a concern. You have the style of Stephen King. Somebody yeah. writes in, Hey, here are the characters. Here's the plot. This is my idea, but write it in, write this out in the style of Stephen King. And it just spits out an owl. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And it's scary all at once. And I do understand how people are worried about the pace of acceleration and it outpacing mm-hmm. our ability to adapt to it. Yes, so it, it's valid concerns. So it's weird, man. I'm conflicted. I, I love the AI stuff, the geek in me, the nerdy, the wired yeah. nerdy in me. I love it,
1: but it's kind of scary too. <laughs> so. so before we get onto the nerd news, I'll end it with, uh, one of my favorite movies is WALL-E. And I just worry that we are going to become a WALL-E generation. <laughs> Cruising around thing. in our little, little slurpees, and, and big old heavy yeah. set. Those are cool yeah, chairs, yeah. though. I will say that they are cool chairs.
0: <laughs> I saw a trailer, I'll, I'll throw it up. You mean I don't know if you checked it out yet? It looks so good. It's called uh, The Creator.
1: I've seen a little bit, but it the, does look good. The yeah.
0: premise is about AI going wrong, and I know we have yeah. a lot of movies like that. We got Terminator, we talked about that, but this one looks like a very interesting take. It's in the far future. The AI decides it doesn't need us anymore. Blah, blah, blah. I, you'll see the trailer. Check it yeah. out. I'll throw it up. But definitely, it, I, I don't think it comes out to the fall, like till September. But we're getting some very interesting takes on AI because it, I don't know, they're a little bit more scary now. Because before, AI. you'd watch yeah. them and you're like, eh, well, it didn't really feel real. Uh, now you're kind of like, uh, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> so. definitely. All right, brother, we can keep marching ahead. Uh, what is the next thing on our list?
1: I think we're ready for some news. Uh, so More been, news. <laughs> more news, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been seeing so many things, and I believe uh, you may have this, right? Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda. of I haven't Again? picked it up at all. Um, and
0: the reason why I played the first one, well, I say the first one, um, the, the one on the Switch, okay, the Breath of the Wild. Yes. So good, very open world, kind of had a Skyrim-y type feel to be honest, and I loved it, but I, I didn't get into it. I I don't know. It didn't grab me like some things do. So I've sat out on this one. Now I've talked to my brother who is very (laughs) excited about this. Um, He, he ordered it. He, or he, uh, he went out and found one, got it. He said, it's awesome. He said, he's hooked. He, and he was telling me about the things you can do. What makes it different? You can make stuff like you can, you can craft and put motors on boats in different ways, and it's way more open, and it's like new ideas. And the biggest thing that people have said is they don't understand how Nintendo made this game because it runs and looks so good on such really antiquated hardware. I mean, that's that's like the, the big common feedback. We're looking at a Metacritic score, which is a collective score of 96 out of 100. Doug that's
1: just amazing oh yes
0: the yep. user score is 8.7 and notoriously the user score that's the population of the users that play it that's usually way lower than the meta The meta is professional critic score aggregate user score is usually way low it's 8.7 I mean that's really, really good so eh, I've sat out on it, but yeah. um, I don't know time marches on I may pick it up. I usually use the excuse of oh it'll get cheaper. Be a Nintendo game, it won't get cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> it'll still be like, you know, 70 bucks a year from now. It'll be yep. four it'll be 40 bucks, maybe three years uh, from now. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> because they never put those things on sale. But it looks yeah, awesome. It, I haven't it played it. I may get it.
1: Now it looks a little different. Uh I won't talk too much about it, but people are creating machines and mm-hmm. like ships and planes and stuff with it's, it. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, the the creativity aspect that I, I didn't know it had it in there. Uh, of the, the things that you can do are just so wide open, and I think that's what's what's snagging people is that uh there's elements in it that they put that they haven't had in any other Zelda game, and that's that, it's really creative, but Nintendo say what you want about it man they knock these first party games out yeah, of they do the a really good park job. it's it's so impressive, so if you haven't picked it up, your switch player, you may want to grab it, everybody's raging about it, they're loving it. I may break down and end up getting it. Not that I need another game to play because I don't have time to play the one set.
1: <laughs> yeah, they kind of felt made me feel nostalgic. Uh, one of our buddies, Jeff, has a collector's edition. And we talked in a previous podcast about uh, we missed the books. We missed the maps and stuff. So I l- saw this collector's edition, and Jeff showed it to us. that, uh, And I'm looking here. It's got a pin set, like pins you wear in your shirt. It's mm-hmm. got an art book. It's got a metal poster. I mean... It's so like, they're kind of bringing back the old days of getting some cool stuff with mm-hmm. your game, not just the digital version of the game. And especially something for Zelda. It has such a. It's been around for so long. It's it's
0: it's it's up there with Mario. It's got a history. So there's people that are just hugely culturally into Zelda, and it's cool that they yep. release a box set like that for collectors. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. All I'll right. Do you want to grab the next one? Yeah. I, I was gonna say. I still. I'll just keep on marching ahead. Now this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, is fascinating in the fact that uh, it's related to Samsung and the television market space. Now, <clears throat> for many, many years now, uh, Samsung has been one of the top tier television models. Uh, they innovate, uh, they always show up every year at CES. They do, you know, cool stuff. Their competitors like Sony, uh, LG, uh, they're always up there, always trying to best each other. However, recently, uh, Samsung admitted defeat and reportedly, they have inked a deal with LG, their competitor uh, for the manufacturing of and supply of the OLED TV panels that they use on Samsung's. It says here that LG um, display will supply reportedly more than 10 million OLED panels to Samsung over the next few years. Oh man. So, you know, it's one of those things that's interesting because it's been such a contested market where they cat and mouse, you know, back and forth now for a little while now, you know, it's one of those things where uh, Samsung's kind of backed out of the market and like they were outsourcing already some of their OLED panels. So they're still doing the design aspect, but they basically have their competitors supplying and manufacturing them. Uh, now, I own the first LG. I have an LG right now. It's like an 85 inch in my living room. Um, a couple of years ago, like I think two years ago, a year ago, uh, I got it for my birthday and I love it. It's great TV. Yeah. They do an awesome job. I'm getting to the point, though, and I've been this way for televisions for a while now. You walk into a Best Buy, a Walmart, because those are the places you got to go. You're not going to obviously see them on Amazon. They all look the same to me anyway. And I've had suspicions for a long time (laughs) that they're just using the same manufacturing centers Mm -hmm. out of South Korea, Taiwan. I mean, the the same groups. So to me, this kind of confirms what I think has already been an undercurrent of what's been going on, where for survivability, uh, I think these companies outside of maybe Sony, uh, have been already inclusion in sharing technology, even though they're competing because it's expensive to keep making TVs and putting it out. So this is about survivability. So what TV do you own? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you think it's a big deal? I, I think it's a big deal because it says a lot about
1: the competition as well. Yeah. So I own a Vizio TV, and I uh, I think Vizio's market has been kind of affordable for everybody. Mm -hmm. But uh, the issue I've had, and I don't know, hopefully it's just my model, is that my HDMI ports are going out on it. So I'm kind of down to one HDMI port. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that's just me. Uh, I know you can, like, replace the whole motherboard in the back. But otherwise, Vizio, very easy Mm -hmm. to use. Uh, I think you're right that someone possibly is making all the screens for them and then Vizio, Samsung, LG just kind of puts their own like OS operating on, system, on the, yep. OS spin mm-hmm. on it. Yep. Yep.
0: So another brand is TCL. I think I'm saying that right. I always want to say TLC, but that's a the learning channel. But my son had gone back to a curved screen gaming monitor. We took this television, put it in a room as an upgrade this TV is freaking nice. Like I, and it was cheap. I think I got at Walmart for like 150 bucks and it's a 50 inch. It's crazy how disposable those, those TVs are. Have you seen brands like that before?
1: Yeah. The TCLs um, I've seen those given away. The first time I saw one was on the Ellen show. My oh. wife loves that. She watches every episode, but uh, Ellen always gave away these TCLs and looked amazing. They were 4k. They had the smartphone apps, everything
0: great tv we watch yeah. tv
1: on it and i'm always like wow this screen looks so good and it's cheap and they are cheap yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so if your video goes out dude you just got to walmart you can get yourself oh, like yeah. dude like like i saw a 75 inch at walmart no joke it was like 300 bucks 350 oh. now it was, it wasn't like a name name it wasn't a samsung it was like one of these but anymore with them sharing uh, the the manufacturing space and the parts i'm almost starting to think it doesn't matter much anymore
1: yeah. I, anytime I try to buy some, I heavily, heavily rely on user reviews. Hopefully they're not, uh, like generated fake just to generate <laughs> some I, advertisement.
0: Now you're paranoid. So.
1: Oh, I know. But yeah, anytime I go out for a TV or like law enforcement equipment or boots or shoes or anything, I look at the reviews and that's kind of what I base my decision on. So I don't have any brand loyalty per mm-hmm. se. I really do like Vizio, but this, uh, HDMI burnout. I've had it on two TVs. It's kind of scaring me. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to push just to get away from Vizio for a little bit.
0: And I don't know. I thought Vizio – I think they're still around, but they went through some corporate things with, um, and I don't know if they were fully acquired, but they were having some money troubles there for a while mm-hmm. and they, they really lost market share because I, I know they had to deal with Walmart and they were kind of the primary one for Walmart for a while there. Yep.
1: They had then, nothing but Vizios. Yeah. Yep.
0: And I, I think that's kind of been walked back. I do know that they're still at Target and a few other places, but I think some others have kind of stepped in that void for those cheaper,
1: yeah. cheaper market ones. So, all
0: right, man, you want to take the next one?
1: Yeah, we'll uh, keep trucking, keep going along with Sony and Samsung and that. Sony is holding a PlayStation showcase next week. Now, you have a PlayStation 5. I know you're excited. I'm so excited. See, I got to talk about Google. You get to talk about uh, PlayStation. I do it. I love my
0: PlayStation 5. Such an awesome system. Uh, We we talked about the reasons why. So, yes, um, they're saying I think it's the 24th. Is that correct? They're going to, yeah, the 24th. Now, yep. it's interesting that these are happening. You're going to have these keynotes like this because E3, which was uh, the Electronic Gaming Expo, um, got canceled. It normally happened in June, and that's where all the game companies come together. Well, more and more common. Microsoft's doing it, Sony's doing it. They do their own keynotes now. Uh, so, yes, they announced that the uh, Sony one will be May 24th. Lots of rumors. For example, they're saying that they're going to, have some previews of upcoming blockbuster games like spider-man 2 which is by insomniac studios they made that and then kind of a i would call it a 1.0 which was miles morales both games impeccable they do have them on pc so if you're not a sony person pick them up on pc they're impeccable they're so good the wolverine game which before they haven't seen we haven't seen any gameplay from it uh but they did show like wolverine in a bar kind of a thing uh it was just like a quick somatic that's all we've seen of it so we don't know much death stranding uh two which uh was a really really popular game before they also have a new ip which are you know new new game topics coming down the way other rumors spiraling which i don't know if we're going to hear it or not but maybe the ps5 pro that's yeah. been swirling for a while now um i, I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on that just yet um, but we'll we'll see. I I I'm pretty sure we will definitely see the PlayStation VR two game announcements. Now the VR two is out now, so that that the actual uh accessory itself isn't new, but a whole series of games is probably gonna come out for it. So yeah. I'm kind of excited.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um it's always exciting to see some new tech and new games and the developers pushing their stuff out. And like we talked about before, they always will
0: declare what they think the release dates are, but they may not make it. I'm still, yep. bro, I know you're excited about still it. Still waiting on Starfield. Starfield comes out, I think it's <laughs> September ish. I I'm gonna be shocked if it's this year. I I'm yep. gonna put my money down to say I think it will
1: hit first quarter next year. I think they'll push it past Christmas. Yep. I'm still I'm just waiting. Yeah. It's uh Skyrim and Fallout in space. It's gonna be amazing. But as long as it's stable, right?
0: I mean I don't yes. mind waiting as long as it's stable and they don't we don't yeah have a buggy terrible game so i hope not yeah all right so i will get the next one here Uh, There's not a lot of information on the next one but it is interesting and it falls in line with some of what we've been talking about today do you remember doug the popular uh, early 2000s the motorola razor you remember that bad boy
1: Oh yeah, we'll was, definitely throw a picture up. I yeah. had that thing. It was. I did too. I had cool a black to one. Have that thing. Ooh. Yeah, I it was tough as nails too. You and they it had it. the little screen on the front.
0: Oh yeah, Ooh.
1: Ooh. yeah. Kids these days don't even no. know how cool
0: we were. Oh man, and the buttons felt so good on it. Like yeah. we didn't do a lot of texting back then, but man, it was a, it was a great design. Well, they are going to have the next version of the Motorola Razor. It's going to be June first. Leaks have shown uh, some of what to expect, uh, and its external uh, display, which should have Mm -hmm. some competition in the flip style phone folding phone race. I'm really curious about that. Do you think they put a foldable screen in it? It uh, kind of looks like it. uh, It's hard to tell. All they show is like a side view on this whole video. Concept art, yeah, yeah. I would think so. That would be cool if they did, because I don't
1: think people want to go back to the old school like uh, TTY texting. And- well,
0: the OS on it was kind of meh, but that was pre-smartphone yeah. days. This has got to have a smartphone element. It's going to obviously be Android. Yep. I'm interested to see what they do because the phone had such a cold following. So we'll we'll report on it once the announcement's made June 1. So. But that's going to be exciting. Very exciting. All right, man. You went the next one.
1: Yep. Uh, again, AI just needs to be the name <laughs> of our show this year. <laughs> Wired AI. Yeah, We need AI host. That's what we need. Yeah. So you actually <laughs> shared this link with me, and I'm uh, very interested because um, Tesla is releasing a bot that can now slowly walk and pick up stuff. The reason I say it's interesting is I believe Elon Musk came out and said we need to slow down on AI. <laughs> He's been scared and, of AI for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So I guess as long as we're not uh, making these uh, robots totally autonomous and self-thinking they'll be useful yeah it is kind of weird that he is an alarmist
0: but he is developing his own robot i I think that's interesting um it's it's a bit conflicting (laughs) maybe and like you said maybe he's got an angle on it to where he thinks he can control it (laughs) you know hopefully uh but they, they i think it was a year ago maybe six months ago there was a keynote and he had one of these but it didn't do much on stage. It barely could walk. Um, and a lot of people criticize, but you got to remember what doing a biped robot is, is something new. I give them credit for trying to do something, you know, different. Uh, but the videos now show that it's full on walking, uh, it's doing simple things like picking up objects. Now it moves very, very slow. I think a lot of people are comparing it to Boston Dynamics, which those look like ninja robots doing parkour. Oh, those
1: things are crazy.
0: <laughs> those are the ones that are going to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, maybe there'll be a robot war, and these will be on our side. So, Hopefully, yeah.
1: Well, they need to go a little faster because the I Boston know. Dynamics has already done like a pirouette somersault over the oh, top I know. of all of them. Yeah. It's
0: insane, I know. It would not be much of a fight if we... Uh... Oh, yeah, no. But it's cool what they're doing. What's it interesting, is. though, like I, I think with the them getting become unattached with whatever battery source they have, some of the Boston Dynamics, Boston's gotten better about um, n- detaching them from a power source. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know how long those batteries last, but it looks like they're trying to do the same thing whether they're not yeah. detached, you know.
1: But well, they the do thing Android I'll software. say is if they use Android software, the battery is going <laughs> to die real fast. <laughs> we, need an,
0: we need an iOS Android. Yes.
1: Please <laughs> don't use Android batteries in this. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, But it's cool. I it's cool development. i to myself,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's cool <laughs> that they're doing this. It's kind of neat. Um, but uh, we'll see where this is going, you know? I always joke that when I'm old, I can just have a robot take care of me. I'd totally be fine with it.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely like the idea of robots and in, uh, industries such as law enforcement for dangerous situations and bombs and stuff. You just want RoboCop. Just saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> RoboCop that we can control, yeah. That is true. But remember, the whole
0: idea behind RoboCop was by merging man with machine, you had that control. Yeah, they just didn't wipe his memory very good. Spoiler alert! Uh, yeah, <laughs> shouldn't have used a cop that was killed so badly. What's violently. that? A uh, forty
1: year old spoiler alert. <laughs> forty.
0: You've, if you haven't seen that movie by now, you know. Come on, give me a
1: break. Yeah, come on. Yeah, so. hold hold on the hate mail. Um, so, but also maybe coal mines. I know coal power. We won't even get into that. But coal mines, well, another dangerous area. Nuclear. Nuclear is a big one. You could use them for high rad areas, which have been talked about. And they could change out the cores during uh, refueling. All kinds of
0: things that you could do that really could be cool. Um, I know in Japan, they use robots very progressively for food service. They use them for hospital care and for elderly distribution of medications. One of the coolest things I read now, they weren't autonomous robots. I thought this was awesome. Uh, people who are invalids, who either are paraplegic or, you know, they, they can't walk and they're, they're stuck in bed or home. What they do, they give them jobs at fast food hospitals. They're controlling, they sit in their bed, they control the robots remotely from their beds. And these people can even have interactions with people. So it's a person controlling the robot and they have a job. The robot is just their proxies, their avatar. And they work at the fast food place, but they're doing it from their bed. And it gives those people a sense of being able to be a part of the workforce. How freaking cool is that?
1: That's That's really cool. And I think that raises their quality of life. Of course it does. Socialism. Happier. Gets them back in the world. Yeah. Socialize. It's pretty cool what they can do.
0: Again, we're in a brave new world, man. It's it's all, it's beautiful and scary all at once.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It really is.
0: All right. I got the next one here. Um, I said,
1: I know you're excited <laughs> about this one.
0: I, I added this to our news list and it was so funny cause I could tell Doug hadn't looked at the news list because he sent me a message. He's like, dude, check this out. I'm like, I know I added it to our nerd news. Uh, <laughs> so Lego has announced that they've created, um, a classic Batman returns, uh, in a, uh, targeted attack on me personally is what the ver or it was, uh, was it the verge? No, it's Polygon. That's what they said. They everybody's like, take my money. Uh this yeah. thing is incredible. It boasts 3,981 pieces. Uh, it's the Batman Shadow Box, is what it is. So it's basically the the, the Bat Cave, excuse me, Shadow Box. So yeah. it's from 1992's Batman Returns movie. Um, and it has all kinds of cool working lights. Uh, it's got movable little bits inside of it where you can change or move his costume display, a ring cabinet. Um, this thing is just it's really impressive. It, it looks like it's about 20 inches wide, 11 inches tall, uh, and it's the entire bat cave. Um, and this bad boy is going to go for four hundred and fifty dollars. I'm rounding up because they love doing the, you know, four hundred forty nine ninety nine kind yeah. of thing. It'll be available in the general public June 8th. Now, I'm. I'm not a big on Legos anymore. I was when I was a kid. I know a lot of people love them. You look at some of the star Wars builds. They're really expensive, but beautiful. Yeah. This is a cool addition, especially like why 1992 Batman returns. I I don't know. It does coincide close to the flash movie timeframe. I will say that. So maybe, yeah. you know, that's, one of I those still things. think
1: Michael Keaton is the best Batman by far. You've said that. You said yeah. that now, uh, I know I may get oh, some man. hate mail and some no, different ideas, but he I, I, yeah. just did a great job. It was the classic Batman. I I'm imagine. excited to see him in the flash because I'm sorry. Yes. He is my Batman
0: too. Don't get me wrong. I, I I love Christopher Nolan's Batman. They're so good. Batman began. There's just something about the Michael Keaton Batman and their, the aesthetic that they, that they hit love Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I'm so okay. excited to see him back as Batman um, It seems like the Flash movie. I tell myself, while I'm not an Ezra Miller fan, who's playing the Flash because all his nonsense, this feels like a Batman movie to me. And I just tell myself, you know, this is really a Batman movie. Flash just happens to be in it. That's what I tell myself.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But I love that Lego's doing this and that they're, um, you know, kind of catering to nostalgia on it. So I don't know, man. It's pretty sweet. I'm not gonna pick it up. I don't do Legos anymore. I don't have the time. But it's still cool. I can appreciate it for what it is.
1: Yep. Yeah. To kind of wrap this up, some of the Lego sets I've seen are so massive and impressive. Oh, the Millennium Falcon, that thing is huge. And <sighs> it takes I would forever to be build. worried. The yeah. Death
0: Star, oh my God. Yeah. I watched a fast time lapse build of that bad boy. Woo, it's impressive.
1: So if you all have the time, go out to YouTube and look for Conan O'Brien Millennium Falcon Lego. <laughs> So uh I've seen it. One of his uh, Jordan. assistants, Jordan's, yeah. He brings Jordan. out this Millennium Falcon. Hey, Harrison Ford, yeah, aka Han Solo, can you sign my Millennium Falcon? Oh yeah, sure. And then oh oh and it uh, just shatters to pieces. And
0: so. I think before that and it's a running bit on Conan because I love Conan. Jordan is a very dry character. Yes. It's it's all fake, but it's funny Jordan's very serious. He never laughs. And Conan trolls him all the time. And I think at one point Jordan's like, "Yes, it took me you know it was insane like 50 hours but something like that to put that (laughs) that together yeah Harrison Ford drops it (laughs) and
1: And, I mean Harrison Ford clearly like fumbles it on purpose I mean it wasn't his acting skill wasn't that good that time but that's okay (laughs) I think that was the point of the comedy is
0: that yes because the running thing with Harrison Ford is that he doesn't he can't really tolerate the fans (laughs) like there's one where you know um jordan the same guy asked him some trivia he's like you know in the original release of uh empire strikes back the wookiee was blah 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 and he's going down this thing and he's like what are your thoughts on this and he just looks at him and he goes i don't care <laughs> you know, yeah. as yeah. disdain <laughs> so it's kind of a running bit with harrison ford there so
1: so speaking of harrison ford in a couple episodes or maybe more i can't remember we oh. are going to do a review indiana Indiana jones Jones. i'm so excited i'm so excited june
0: is such a great movie month between the flash indiana jones dude i am excited now i already read something today where people are like crapping all over they saw a preview of indiana jones oh it's garbage and they shouldn't have him back i don't care what anybody says i don't care how old he gets bring him back i'm excited about this movie i think it's gonna be awesome crystal skull i loved it up until the end I won't spoil it for now, although it's been out a few years. I'm just glad they did not make Shia LaBeouf the new Indiana Jones. Yes, thank God. <laughs> so, yeah, at the very end, whenever the hat uh, like falls, they make it look like he's going to pick it up. And then Harrison yep. picks it up. I love it. So I'm excited. Yep. I think it's going to be great. I don't care what anybody yep. says. I'll be sad if it's not. All right, man, I'm going to let you pick between. We got two left here we'll Round this bad boy out and then we'll finish out uh, our, our deal here. Which one do you want yeah. to pick? I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll
1: just it. continue with AI. AI has been our theme for the last couple of shows, last couple of months. Uh, and now this uh, interests me and I hope I never get that way, but um, I have a hearing aid and uh, there's some AI coming and there's always been some assistive things on phones to help those uh, hard of hearing uh, with hearing aids and other like vision problems and stuff. Uh, iPhone is releasing a feature on their new phones that can clone your voice in about 15 minutes. Yeah. Awesome and And, scary. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Awesome and scary. So I look at it uh, awesome-wise for those with uh, disabilities and Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Really good. But I also look at it as a danger of cloning phone calls and scamming people out of money and stuff like that. Yeah, hopefully,
0: knowing Apple, they'll put some controls in place for privacy and that sort of thing. Um, I'm with you. I love it when technology can enable people with disabilities to live better lives. I I think this is great. Um, You know, we talked about it before with uh, training the AI model, like when Val Kilmer had throat cancer, couldn't talk anymore. They've reproduced his voice in AI. They've done that. I think that's so cool. Um, You know, they've done it in other ways with people who deceased, like Anthony Bourdain. But to give somebody who can't talk anymore the ability to speak or choose their voice. I it think sounds great. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I'm glad I'm glad that Apple's doing this. And there's been a, a resurgence as of late of um, tech companies doing stuff for accessibility with people with disabilities. Sony just released their version of a controller uh, for people who are immobile, so they can play PlayStation. Xbox had won awards. They already had one before that. It was a beautiful thing. I love that these companies are doing it. And what's really cool is they share um, their designs and, and their approach to accessibility so that other groups can do it. I like that the competition isn't getting in the way of it, and they're just trying to help people. I think that's cool. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. All right. I get the last one here, right? All right. Yeah. All right. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, so very recently, within this past week, uh, Montana has signed a bill in uh, to their state law banning TikTok, the social media app, uh, within the state. Uh, the ban is the first of its kind in the United States. I know a lot of people have been talking about it. It's talked about it at the federal level. Uh, it prohibits TikTok from operating within the territorial jurisdiction of Montana and demands mobile app stores make the app unavailable for Montana residents. Now, IT guy here, uh, I think this is really hard. They're going about this the wrong way, and I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a moment. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of these apps are Chinese backed, uh, the problem with that is that the Chinese government, if you operate out of China, they have rules where the government basically can demand any data they want from you. There is no autonomy, there's no privacy, and there's concerns for harvesting data and doing wrong things with it, training AIs, um, impersonations, all that. So it's legitimate concerns here, um, However, and TikTok is, you know, one of those apps that uh is Chinese backed, known by a company called ByteDance. Uh, we had the CEO get in front of Congress. They look like complete idiots because they ask the dumbest questions on the planet, like, "Well, if it's on my Wi-Fi, then you have access to my Wi-Fi." You know, they just that point. People making laws for us. Uh, yeah. It's like they don't understand. So. Yeah, I, I, Like, why can't they at least have like IT people write the questions for them to right. sound happily absolutely intelligent? Yeah. Um, either way, here's the thing. I have a problem with this. This is going to be so hard to enforce, e- even if they wanted to. There are VPNs where you can spoof yourself outside of Montana. You can give yourself an IP address from anywhere in the world on your phone and you can get Twi- uh, TikTok and be just fine. How are you going to enforce this? Oh, police officer pulls you over. You're a cop. Like you're going to pull. Can I see your phone? Do you have TikTok? That's a, I'm going to write you a ticket for TikTok. Come on. How are you going to enforce this? Like from a law perspective, it's, it's so easily sidestepped. And the reality is that the youth are very intelligent. They're going to seven ways from Sunday, get around this. This is so stupid. Last thing I'll say about this um, is because I just think they're going about the wrong way. They're trying to restrict these apps out, out of legitimate concerns. They're doing the wrong thing. We should do what Europe did over a decade ago, and we need to enact privacy data governance laws to protect people. Basically, what that means is is that we kind of already have that with HIPAA and health, but we need digital laws to protect our digital footprint, meaning that any company that buys and sells our personal data or our digital footprint has to honor restrictions across the board. The only reason why we've not done that in the United States is because we're the home of Facebook and a few other social media conglomerates, and they don't want those restrictions. When they operate inside of Europe, they have to adhere to all of Europe's data privacy rules. And that includes TikTok. You don't hear a lot about TikTok in these Chinese apps in Europe because they basically, if you're going to operate in this country, we have federal level, national agreed levels, to protect data. And that means that even if the Chinese government has certain things, you're now in violation of bars and you can't operate here. No. We're, we're, we're treating the symptom and not the source here. So it's just, it's a bunch of people who don't know technology. I'll get off my soapbox. Sorry. I got on my rant.
1: No, I uh, <laughs> agree with you. I um, know a little bit about it. You've obviously got the knowledge there, but my thought is, can we do a VPN? Easy. If you're in Montana, yeah. VPN, then I'm not in Montana and they can still use the app. Okay. So there's gotta be in two seconds. A, yeah, a better <laughs> yeah. workaround. <laughs> yeah. I like the is. data thing uh sponsored by our federal government. That would be good. I think that'll help us. But uh and I could be wrong here. Facebook and all these big companies have lobbyists uh, don't restrict us. This is how we build our business and this is how You're we not wrong. generate our information.
0: You're right. Look, there's a saying if something is free then that means you are the product. You're the commodity. If you're on Facebook, if you're on anything, and don't get me wrong, I use services that are free too. If they're giving it to you free, they're making their money either through ad sales and, I'm not going to say or, because it's and, selling your personal data. When you sign up, you give them your birth date, you give them your address. That's how you get on robocall lists. That's how you get things. I mean, you are the commodity. The minute we put data privacy restrictions and in part of Europe, for example, what they do, and it's not a perfect system, but it's way better than what we have. You have the right in Europe to ask for a report and they're required to, when they sell your data to know where it goes. Now, a lot of companies in the US have tried to do that, but there's not, it's not governed. We don't know if they're giving you an honest report or not, but the idea is that it would hamstring them from selling your data so that they can just make money off of you. Even if you're using a free service, it makes it definitely difficult to operate. Uh, in the european market Uh, and that's good and that's bad so and you're right you got lobbyists that block all that because you're the commodity if it's free you're the product my friend so that's the reality
1: i'll close this out in saying that fallout fan here but is facebook vault tech are they doing (laughs) experiments on us in the background
0: (laughs) i don't know I'll, i'll tell you about facebook uh facebook is uh for old people gonna call it the younger generation, we're talking 20 and up. If they're on it, it's
1: because their family requires them to. Uh Facebook's it's definitely a photo sharing app. And I, I'm one of the old people. The only reason I get on there is to learn when Thanksgiving dinner is in my family chat group. And it's Share good for that. photos with my family and that's it. it. Yep. Yeah.
0: It's good for planning thing. It's good for connecting. Uh however it it's it is definitely its demographic has shifted and they have struggled to get the newer audience. The thing is that worries everybody too, is that the, the newer generation is on TikTok. They're yeah. on things like that. Yeah. So yeah, cause I, it's, it's one of those things where the demographic has shifted to it. So I, you know, I do know Facebook has tried to diversify. They've invested heavily into Oculus for VR, which is cool. They face planted on their, their new Facebook VR experience. Everybody made fun of it. It looked like a big cartoon. It didn't go did well.
1: look good at all. No,
0: it did not. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting to see where all this stuff is going. But yeah. yeah. All right, man. So let's round this bad boy out. What is it that you wanted to put uh, a bow on for the Disney thing? You talked to some people who worked at uh, Disney, not currently, but had in the past. What was the shares that you had uh, from our episode uh, last one that we had?
1: Yeah. First off, I want to thank Leah for taking time out of her day. I know she had worked all day and she's working <laughs> yeah. the next day Yeah. to Trooper. talk to us. I learned so much information. And since that uh, podcast uh, aired, I got some uh, private comments of, hey, your episode was really great. Uh, Here's some more information that I thought was interesting. So I talked to uh, Heather. Uh, She worked at the Magic Kingdom. Her job was embroidering Mickey ears. You know, you get Mm, a custom Mickey ear with your name and stuff. Um, She said it was really fun. Um, Now her husband, uh, we talked to him. He is... uh, a conservation guy he kind of controls wildlife and stuff around w- runways um disney has their own conservation department you know florida has yep. some famous wildlife and stuff mm-hmm. so they have their own kind of conservation department to take care of those birds and gators and other things hmm. um, that was really cool i thought
0: that's fascinating that's really cool that's neat Talk- how,
1: how big that machine is and all oh the different yeah. job types yeah yeah, there's just so much going on in the background that the public doesn't get to see mm-hmm. to make this such a well-oiled machine. Yep, and that's what we heard with
0: Leah. And then hearing that now from those that have worked there, it's, it's just a massive organization. It's oh, it's, yeah. it's impressive how big it is.
1: Yeah. and I, I, I kind of asked Heather, you know, what's the best time to visit? Because I haven't been, I know you've been, a lot of others have. I really want to go. She's telling me uh, February is probably the best time. All the kids are back in school. Florida temperatures range between fifty five and seventy five so uh some February coming up, I'm probably gonna finally make the trip and get to experience all the cool stuff well you do you're definitely going to be reporting back so yeah yeah,
0: although it's up to my brother he's going to make you take a yeah take a mic with you and you know oh, yeah because i've got a trip coming up he was trying to convince me to bring a cloth of uh green so i can have a green screen
1: <laughs> oh there you go so <laughs>
0: don't worry though jack and i are putting together a plan for as vacations comes in we're going to try to stack some of these up now i don't know how current the nerd news will be we're working through that but they may be more topical yeah. uh but we are going to work through that as we head through the summer because i know everybody takes vacations so dude yeah. we're, we're at the round at this so let's go ahead and close this number 16 now this mm-hmm. has been an awesome conversation lots of activity in the nerd news man some fun stuff i hope everybody enjoyed it doug what are your parting thoughts to close out episode number 16 my friend
1: hey thanks for listening to us uh thanks for all the comments in the background that really help uh thanks for giving us feedback tell us what you want us to talk about Uh, give us feedback like that and uh hey check out our merch store help us pay the bills look at that that is beautiful (laughs) it's beautiful look at that look at that I just, we just, I just ordered the drawstring bag off of there as well.
0: You all saw Leah. If you watched the video, her, her pink uh, hoodie, she had wired nerdy hoodie. So yeah, go to our website and check out our merch, man. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. This is a fun ride as our audience grows, getting able to interact with everybody, share really cool stuff. Every time we share stuff, you guys give us feedback and share stuff. It is so cool. It's like a community that we're building here. So thank you everyone. Have a great week. We will see you at episode number 17 next week. Take care, everyone. Yep. See ya.